The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. We'll see how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dabbitt. All right, greetings, good morning, welcome aboard, and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160. You heard that right, it's remarkable, but they can do it as low as $160 per square foot. You've got to live in the Carolinas, in Georgia, like Mike Morgan does, or in Tennessee. TheBarnDominiumCo.com, and Alicia will join us soon. She'll introduce herself to all of you. She's a wonderful girl, and guess what? It's a theme around here. They are Gamecock-owned and operated. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and we cannot thank Matt Vaughn enough. And quite frankly, neither can you. That's why Williams-Brice Stadium, Founders Park, and Colonial Life Arena, and on and on and on, look so beautiful because of the fine work they do in West Columbia. Signorama.com. JC is going to be a little bit late, got a last-second phone call that he's got to handle, but he'll be here. We know how to do it, though, and this guy knows better than all of us. It's half-hour power hour today with Mike Morgan, <laughs> uh, who's got a, he's got a, he's got some stuff going on later on. So he's joined us, and he'll be here for about the next 30 minutes, and we are honored to have him. And it's a good time, Mike, because yesterday news started popping left and right, and it it might be inevitable that the whole conference realignment thing really starts shaking pretty soon. Good morning, bud. Good morning. I'm starting to take this personally. Every time I'm on, JC gets an important phone call. I don't know. It seems a little sketchy to me. But nevertheless, JC, the love is still on this side of the table, to quote uh, the Bobs from Office Space. It's true. Yeah, you know. For a while there, I kind of felt like the the, the crazy man uh, walking around the edges of a volcano saying, it's going to erupt, it's going to erupt, and everybody's like, look, dude, that volcano hasn't erupted in years. We're, we're fine. We're going to keep our tents and camp here for the week. If you go back, I mean, if you've been listening to JC and Morgan and all, we've been talking about Colorado's the linchpin. And if it was going to happen, Colorado leaving for the Big 12, that was going to cause a storm. And a lot of other moves were going to be made subsequently. And I think the, the feeling for many was, well, who cares about Colorado? They haven't won anything in years. So what if they leave from one league I don't care about to another league I don't care about? 
And my point all along was, well, you should care about it because eventually the ripple effects of that are going to be in your backyard. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, what this has done is, has caused a frenzy. Uh, the sharks are in bloody waters. There's no question there's going to be other schools that leave the pack, which is going to involve three leagues, the Big 12, the Big 10, and then I think the last domino to fall would be the SEC. Um, and so, like, again, as I always try to do on our segments, circle it back. And I, I game, the Gamecock fan base is a very knowledgeable fan base, and, and I know from hosting a show in, in that market for over a decade, they don't just love their team. They love college football as a whole. So all this to me is interesting regardless. But let me just tell you the relevance of it for a, for a Gamecock program. When all the the uh, when the vultures go in and pick what's left of the pack, if the Big Ten does add two schools, and we'll get to Florida State later, then that all of a sudden in this NFC AFC type power two uh, conference format, it really starts to lend itself to Greg Sankey and the SEC adding two more. We don't have divisions anymore in the SEC come next year okay we're no longer going to be talking about well the Gamecocks are projected third in the east so if you go if you add Texas Oklahoma next year which is going to be done then you add two more quality programs or let's just say one is a really good program and one is not so much but adds something kind of like a Missouri does uh now all of a sudden you could go and like I think we've said for for years an eight win season in Columbia is pretty darn good considering the schedule and everything else well, an eight-win season, some years, could could yield a second or third place finish in the Eastern Division. Mm-hmm. If you have an 18-team league and you have no divisions and you win eight games, you might finish ninth or tenth. And all of a sudden, you look at those standings and maybe you don't feel so good about the season. That's where it all relates to that next level of program. The South Carolinas, the Ole Misses, the Kentuckys, um, for the time being, the Floridas. I would have put Tennessee in this group. We'll see how they do. You know, they were a train wreck for 10 years. They weren't even in tier two. Now everybody's high on them. We'll see if they can do it back to back years. But my point is, is that all those programs not named Alabama, LSU, Georgia, et cetera, like they could really start watching rungs of the ladder go in a direction maybe you don't want. Now you'll gladly cash those checks that'll yield extra money, but um, you know, it, it would, it would change a lot of things. So this, this was bound to happen, and again, I go back a month and a half ago, we had Gary Barnett on. Why does Gary Barnett relevant to Colorado? Where he coached there, he lives there, and he's their radio analyst. And when I asked him the question, I was like, I know you probably don't want to answer this, and I expected him to sidestep, but he basically said, no, Mike, Colorado's going to go to the Big 12. You you watch it. You mark it down. And that's what I was like, whoa, nobody else is reporting this. Right. <laughs> Is he? It, it's it's nowhere, and quite frankly, I think a lot of the national media fell asleep on on the potential of. I think I think the feeling was it's going to happen eventually, but like not now. It, it, let's just focus on practice and the start of the twenty twenty three season. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, now we got to go ahead and just follow and chase this story for the next however many days because it's far from over. Well, there is, it, yeah, it, you're right. And I wish you and I had, you, Mel, Phil, and JC, actually, I wish we had all day to get into this because 
There's a lot. Uh, I, I would recommend anybody that's a member of the Big Spur head to the message boards. JC actually posted a link to Wildcat Authority, which is the 24-7 sports website covering the University of Arizona. And Jason Shear writes for them, and his headline column is Realignment Notebook, Pac-12 on Verge of Collapse. So we'll start there, and we'll work its way to, to Florida State. According to his reporting, Mike, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah – are all essentially engaged with the Big 12 and getting out of the Pac-12, engaged with the Big 12. Oregon and Washington, two programs or schools, I should say, that have been linked to the Big 10. We have been under the understanding, I would say, over the last few days that Florida State and maybe Clemson uh, are also a couple of programs linked to the Big 10. They have to notify the ACC by August the 15th. I'm, I'm unpacking a lot here. I get it. But according to Jason Shear's reporting, he has also lumped in schools named Virginia and North Carolina, in addition to Florida State, out of the ACC. I know the other day we referenced Virginia and North Carolina as being potentials for the SEC because they like state institutions. Clemson was not in any way actually listed in that notebook by Jason Shear. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I did find that a little bit interesting. So, is the Pac-12, in your opinion, on the verge of or likely, as it stands today, going to collapse? I, I will add this quickly. They did have a TV deal kind of in place, potentially up to $25 million per school. It was a streaming-only deal with Apple. Apparently, many of the presidents in that league are unhappy about it. You hit on three key words about that deal, potentially and up to. In other words, not guaranteed. Right. And even if it was 25, that's about 10 million shy of all the Big 12 schools, 10 million a year. It's yep. not even in the ballpark of the SEC and the Big 10, but that that's a, a losing battle because you're not going to get that in any other league. But when you're being dwarfed by the Big 12 deal, I mean, the Big 12 was a league that just lost Texas, Oklahoma and had to just scramble like mad uh, to salvage what they could. And I think Bob Bowlesby and now Yormack did a great job while the people running the Pac-12, to go back to my Titanic analogy that I've done ad nauseum, you had Larry Scott, now Kwiatkoff, as the as the big ship is submerging into the Atlantic, and they're like t giving requests to the band. Do, do you know Strangers in the Night? Can we, can we do that one? Um, I don't know if it could be run more poorly. I don't know if that league could be run more poorly than it has over the last 10 years to, to get to this point. So... I can't say this for certain, but it would not surprise me. And I've been using the word extinction, verge of extinction, for a long time now. I think that's more possible than ever. And even if you don't go quite full-on extinction, you're what you're left with is Washington State, Oregon State, and then like adding uh, Mountain West schools. Mm -hmm. and, and San Diego State is giving you the kind of nose up i don't think we're really thank you but no thank you <laughs> that's where the pack is where san diego state is kind of looking at you like mm, i think we can do better um so whether it's extinction or just to use a soccer term relegation i mean you're no longer in the ballpark of a power five league regardless so yeah they're in major trouble yeah the well, only name i was gonna say yeah. is like you're you're essentially turning the Pac-12 into a group of five league. That's right. And then juxtapose that with the way the playoff is set up and this, you know, these guaranteed spots that are going to be given to these named leagues. 
you know, uh, how are you going to feel <laughs> being, say, you know, second in the SEC, having to play a home game at, oh, I don't know, the winner of the Pac-12 who could potentially be a former Mountain West school? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they recalibrate, uh, what is it, the top six conference champions and six wild cards? Is that I'm it's a like the rusty. six are guaranteed. The top four of those get home games. We'll get the bye week, not a home right, game, but get right. a bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highest, yeah, yeah, yeah the highest yeah, seeds. Yeah, six so, I mean, highest I'm, ranked conference champions. Six highest ranked conference champions. Um, that has so to that, be redone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to well, have to. Well, maybe maybe the pack champion isn't one of the highest i mean they could be ousted right. by a mountain west conference champion when you think about probably it would, not, probably would be it's not right. out of the realm of possibility or a sunbelt team you know a, yep. a, a coastal carolina goes Agreed. 11 and 1 and they're yeah, better absolutely. than the champion of the what's left of the pack yeah i mean it just no matter how you slice it it's it's a league that that is in trouble and it all started with larry scott who thought he was smarter than everybody else and said no uh espn fox we do not want to partner with you on a conference network we're going to do our own and it was an abject failure and disaster and nobody still to this day knows where to find the the pack network nobody and i have a friend who's actually a producer there in the business um and he tells me the uh the issues that they have on top of issues on top of issues so i'm not trying to pile on here there's a lot of talented people that work for the network but it was so poorly set up and then this go around, Kwiatkowski. I'm sure he didn't get a number that overly enamored him from ESPN or Fox, but to then just give up and say that's okay, we'll go to Silicon Valley and do an Apple only contingency deal, and it it's just another in a long line of decisions that are you're 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 making your own grave as a conference. All right, so let's bring it a little bit closer to home here. By the way, there are three schools in the Pac-12 that I have, at least I haven't seen, essentially listed anywhere. Uh, well, if I have seen them listed, it's been like, yeah, I'd, we'd prefer not. But Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. I mean, some somebody is scrambling in the athletics departments at all three of those institutions today trying to hitch their wagon to something. Somebody put us in the news Please don't leave us here all by our lonesome uh, with, you know, whoever, whoever, you know, the Washington Tech State that ends up joining the Pac-12 if there is one. Uh, a month from today, Mike, LSU and Florida State will play in Orlando to open the season. Will that be the final season opener for Florida State as part of the ACC? That one I don't know, honestly. Um, look, I have been firm on just what I know of that contract that it would cost $120 million to leave, and then you'd be tied up in court uh, to, to truly get out of the deal and move to another conference. Now, uh, JC mentioned this on Tuesday, and it's definitely out there that Florida State is kind of waving their finger and saying, we found a loophole. We found a loophole. So <clears throat> don't even think you're going to stop us from leaving. And the only way you can even think of keeping us is if you give us a sweetheart deal like Texas had in the old Big 12 where they were getting more money than the other schools in their own league. So, which is what Clemson wants too, by the way. And I'm not sure exactly how that contract is written. That's, that's a little too in the weeds for me. But what I do know is that you've got a, a couple of programs that are certainly 
looking for any way possible to get out of that deal, and Florida State's being the loudest about it. I had one person who I trust tell me they think there might be some legitimacy to the loophole, and then he tried to explain it to me, and my my head just blew up. I I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not smart enough to understand how that really was a loophole. But they believe it's there, whether or not they're right. I, I just don't know. So I, it's hard for me to predict. But I know one thing. If you're Jim Phillips of the ACC, it's a little bit disconcerting to know every time your head hits the pillow at night, you've got multiple schools that desperately leave your league. It's not his fault. This is what he inherited. It. Uh, he didn't make the deal. But, but that is the reality. All right, let's play a hypothetical here. Let's say Florida State and Clemson become part of the Big Ten. We know that they've already added USC West and UCLA and Washington and Oregon. Uh, those rumors are picking up pretty heavy steam, especially with the, at this point in time, I would call it the projected failure of the Pac-12. If that happens, let's say all four of them end up in the Big Ten. Does that make the Big Ten the premier league in college football? Uh, not to me, it doesn't, because I still look at the top and Ohio State and Michigan speak for themselves. But in the SEC, it's never just two. Right. I mean, at minimum, like I I mentioned this before, I think the 12 team playoff will consistently have four SEC teams in it. I can't say that about any other league, including the Big Ten, if they add those schools. I don't, I don't think they're there yet. I mean, so Alabama, LSU, Georgia, God forbid if A&M ever gets their stuff together, uh, is Tennessee ready to, to get back to where they were? Um, will, will Florida ever return to anything close to what they were? They all have that potential. I don't know in the Big Ten, it, even with those additions, that they have that kind of potential. Keep in mind, too, when you go to that new league, you're going to get beat up more. So Washington and Oregon are, are not going to have the same glossy records that they have had in the pack when they're when they're having a good year. It's going to be more difficult in the Big Ten. So uh, I no, I don't I don't think the SEC loses uh, its number one foothold. However, the Big Ten starts c- closing the gap, and that's the whole idea. And mm-hmm. if they start closing the gap. Well, that all of a sudden that the red phone in, in Birmingham rings and it's like maybe we should be open to adding two more as well. Uh, and, and I would not be surprised at that point if that happens. And the two you keep the two I keep hearing, I don't think Florida State and Qu- I mean, Florida will do everything in its power to never have Florida State in its league and South yep. Carolina will do everything in its power to never have Clemson in the SEC. I think the more realistic ones would be North Carolina and Virginia which the SEC does not have any presence in those states presently, uh, but they would if you added them. Uh, yeah, I I think some people have uh, have dismissed a little bit of that. I'm, I agree with you that I Georgia, Florida, and South Carolina have long had this off-the-record kind of pact. They ain't getting in. Georgia Tech, Florida State, Clemson, you know, there's nothing legally, I guess, but it has to be unanimous by the conference in order to get these schools in, my, is my understanding, at least. And, um, okay. So, Mike, um, <laughs> man, it's nuts. You just you, you just took it where I was going, though, because I, I just am not – we mentioned this the other day, and I, get, I think we need to continue to uh, – when we talk about expansion 
remind ourselves that Greg Sankey is the ultimate chess player when everybody is playing checkers. And it just wouldn't be they don't he never sits in that office. I mean, yes, he does sit back and let's let's just wait and see. Did it during COVID. Remember he panicked. They didn't. The SEC gets in 10 games. Um so but at the same time, there's no way with all of this going on, there's no way they're not feeling phone calls. There's no way someone mm-hmm. hasn't picked up the phone and called the SEC. Sure. So I, I do feel pretty strongly that if other leagues are in heavy expansion talks, I'm not saying the SEC is necessarily in expansion talks, but they have a game plan. And Mike, their invitation would more than likely supersede any invitation that was received by any institution looking to depart their current leagues. That's right. I mean, the Big Ten would be right on par. I don't I don't want to make it sound like no. they would just some Fair. schools would just turn their nose at the Big Ten and say, no, 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 they're not they're not the SEC. I mean, money is still a big factor in all that. And what's the what's the revenue share? I mean, it, theoretically, it'd be about equal, um, but you never know. And um, again, for for I mean, I think for for example, Oregon, Washington, they would rather be in the Big Ten than the SEC, and I don't think the SEC has any interest in Oregon and Washington. So, um, I don't think so that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But the way I look at it, like if you're the SEC and you're Greg Sankey, it's kind of like an athletic director. And you, no matter, even if your your program is doing well, let's say your football program, mm-hmm. you're not thinking about firing your coach right away, but you always have that list in mind, right? You always have that contingency, like here's a guy I would like if things go sideways and we need to make a move. So this didn't just start the dialogue just didn't start happening. Now these conversations have been had for a while. Now that doesn't mean that the conversation could go something like this. Uh, hello, commissioner Sankey. We'd really like to be in your league. Well, that's fine, but we're all good right now. Thank you for calling. But that doesn't mean you haven't filed it away. Like, "Hmm, okay, that school's interested. Hmm. Let's see what they actually do bring to the table. And you start dissecting every facet of that. Um, so there, no one's going to be caught off guard in all of this, with the exception of the pack that gets caught off guard on everything, apparently. But, but no, the SEC would not be caught off guard, and for that matter, neither would the Big Ten. I, I don't. I think if you are interested in North Carolina, you should be interested in North Carolina State as well. That's just a personal opinion. I, I don't see the value in Virginia. No disrespect yeah. to Virginia, I don't yeah. see it. Um, I would go the route of North Carolina, North Carolina State. But, yeah, I, I, I'm venturing a guess here, guys. We're probably going to look up in a couple of years. I, I still am having a hard time believing the ACC will disappear. I just don't think that it will. I'm not sure that it'll look the same as it does today, but I don't think it will disappear. I don't for, I don't see the Pac-12 being able to sustain itself. I, you can't. Whereas it, you're going to have three teams left in there. I would disagree done. with you Yeah, on either one of those thoughts. Yeah. So you think the ACC will find a way to survive? I do. I do. I, do. I, I, I think the I think there's still enough there. I don't think it's going to be the mass revolt that you see in the yeah. pack. Uh, the ACC doesn't have some of the same issues that the pack does. The, they've got a lot more going for them than the pack. You know, the, the ACC's biggest crime is the same as the Big 12's biggest crime is the same as everybody's biggest crime. Well, you're not the SEC and the Big Ten. Yes, you're right. 
and nobody else is either and and nobody else will be this is this is what it's going to look like probably for the rest of our lifetime is that the SEC and Big 10 are going to be head and shoulders the top two conferences but that doesn't mean if you're a program in the other leagues you can't be like Clemson has been a power with a really bad ACC but they don't care because they won two national titles and they're playing in playoffs Florida State under Bobby Bowden played in a terrible ACC. It was like Snow White and the Eight Dwarfs. But they didn't care because they were winning national titles. Right. So if you can if you can take the financial gap, if you can withstand that, there's nothing bad about just staying in a league that's not as good as the Big Ten or the SEC. In fact, if I'm looking at it from a head coach's standpoint, my survival might be better if I play in a weaker league, right? Because I'm going to take less losses every year. Somebody's got to win my league, and that someone is going to be able to to dominate that league and going to be a fresher team come that 12-team playoff. Like There are some advantages to not being in the most powerful two leagues in college football. Uh, yeah, and if you're <laughs> Clemson, I mean, you'll win the league every year. <laughs> so, Well, I think if Florida State stays, that's another story. Or God forbid True. if Miami gets their you-know-what together. But outside of that, you're right. I mean, Clemson would have – they would be like 90s Florida State. Yeah. They oh, would yeah. own the league. And for the most part, I mean, with with a couple of exceptions, they have owned, this, owned that league for, for a while now. Yeah. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of programs from a football standpoint. The ACC is, uh, as we all know, is an excellent basketball league. It's an amazing baseball league. Um, the uh, football of it, you, you feel like has a bunch of. Uh, I don't know if you call them underachievers, but they're a bunch of programs that seemingly have what it takes to break out and just can't do it. NC State, Louisville. We know about Miami's history. Virginia, Virginia Tech, still trying to get it figured out down there. Uh, it's just um, it's a it's a strange ordeal, Mike. But um, it's where we are right now. I'll uh, we've got the Sun Belt and we've got Conference USA out there, or the uh, American Athletic Conference as well. The AAC and the Sun Belt who have some really good programs in there. Who I sure I'm sure would be knocking on the door of the ACC to say, "Hey, look, we deserve a shot, and here's why." But mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I doubt the schools in North Carolina want anything to do with East Carolina. No, not at all. Uh, Nor do they want coastal or Carolina, App State or App or State, App State or, you know, for that matter, yeah. Georgia State. Yeah, I mean, they would ah. stick up their nose at that too. Um, yeah. That's that's the deal with the ACC. It's like maybe who are you really going to add. Yeah, hmm. Memphis. Yeah. I don't know, Mike. I mean, even the Big Twelve kind of turned its nose at at Memphis. Yeah, yeah. It's they could have added Memphis. Memphis they could have crawled on their hands and knees to, to get in that league, <laughs> but they but they didn't. They would have done more than that. All right, yeah. final final question for you, because this is a Gamecock program. However, Power Hour is brought to you by Palmetto Medicare. We know that uh, Brian Spencer's team is elite, and we have had a lot of realignment conversation we had to get in today. Mike, the Gamecocks do open – preseason camp tomorrow it is not fall on august the 4th in columbia south carolina but preseason camp will begin tomorrow any particular storylines that you'll be following over the next month until they kick off against the tar heels i i just think it's the evolution of spencer rattler like you you can't afford to get off to a shaky start this year 
you need you need Spencer Rattler, the latter part Spencer Rattler, the entire season, and it should be there. The confidence is there. Uh, an offense maybe that's a little more quarterback friendly should be there. You've got your top receiver back. You've got talent at tight end. You know the the biggest question mark obviously is offensive line, but he's a quarterback that can move. Um, that that to me is just I want to hear if, if I'm if I'm looking at it from a Gamecock standpoint, I want to hear every day. Boy, Rattler looks sharp, man. It's just a different dude. He's just a different dude. Like I, that's the kind of thing that they're going to need because if every other position kind of plays out the way it's supposed to, your your fate in a lot of those swing games is going to be determined by Spencer Rattler's performance, and he needs to play like a yep. stud. He got a little bit, um, dare I say, overlooked in the preseason media <laughs> polls, right? Not number of quarterbacks ahead of him. I'm sure he took that personally. Good. It doesn't matter who's preseason. It matters who's first team, second team, third team, all SEC at the end of the year. Uh, are you going to be on that list? Are you going to perform to that level? Uh, we saw some of that potential late in the year. Are we going to see it throughout the season in 2023? I agree. You've you've seen everybody in this league play from a bird's eye view in the press boxes of the SEC, and you know this as well as it. We've talked about this, Phil, for months. When you have an elite quarterback, you can beat anybody. When you have an elite quarterback, you can beat anybody. Not saying you'll beat everybody, but right. you can beat anybody. You can have that one day. And he had it last year against Tennessee, and they certainly need him to have it again. Uh, and there's and more turnover this year, guys. They're, they're, yeah. The quarterback yeah. position, totally. you different. know, you, you, Bryce Young gone, Hendon Hooker gone, uh, Will Levis, I know he's disappointing last year, but he's like, you lost high draft picks. So you got a lot of programs, prominent programs, starting guys that are frankly pretty raw under center. Yeah. So like you take a guy like Joe Milton, I think he's thrown 80 something passes in his career. I get it. He can throw it 85 yards. Spencer Rattler might be better this year. I mean, Spencer Rattler is a more proven commodity in a lot of ways. Uh, maybe he doesn't, you know, look as good on a in an NFL draft combine, but that's not where the games are won and lost. So why couldn't he outperform the Tennessee quarterback, the Florida quarterback, the Kentucky quarterback? The Vanderbilt quarterback, I'm just going through the East, the Missouri quarterback. Then if we turn to the West, why can't he be better than uh, the Auburn quarterback, the Mississippi State quarterback? Might be a little tough. Um, the A&M quarterback. Like, there's system, no reason. Though. Yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Some of the established quantities you have are, are now with new offensive coordinators. Yeah, running that App State that's offense. That's part of the there. other two. It's, yeah. not, it's mm-hmm. not the air, air raid anymore. Not, not discounting. I'm sorry. I, I, Will Rogers is an excellent quarterback. I'm just saying, it's yeah, a different yeah, yeah, yeah. System yeah. What he was no, playing. I know. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and and knowing knowing Zach Arnett, I mean, he's not going to play that type of system. That's not that a defensive coordinator doesn't want uh, score for score like a basketball game. Like we score in 90 seconds, they score in 90 seconds. We <laughs> score in 90. He de- defensive coordinators can't can't change their DNA, and they still want games more like in the 20s than in the 40s. Mm-hmm. So Will Rogers is not going to put up the same kind of numbers, but he's he's really accurate and and really knows how to read a defense. So I don't care what his NFL stock is. He's a really good college quarterback. But again, I mean, Rattler can be better than a lot of the guys that are going to be under center in the SEC this year. Uh, and he needs to be. He absolutely needs to be. By Michael, the way, 
I'd like to yeah. drive around in his new uh, yeah eighties G wagon G wagon. I think that's about one hundred twenty-five. That's a good nil deal. Not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good nil. Some somebody out there somewhere is still saying how exploited and manipulated college athletes are. Um, yeah. <laughs> before I say goodbye, I just want to remind everybody again: you see that number on your screen, and uh, so happy to have Brian Spencer uh, as a sponsor uh, on this show. And one of the great things about sponsors and partnerships, uh, as you know, Jamie, is that you get to meet great people. I've known Brian for over twenty years, and you learn things about certain thing i mean we're not none of us are of the age where we're thinking about medicare but i know this much i i don't want i, I don't want to be screwed out of my medicare money my, my coverage and i wouldn't want that for my mom or my dad or anybody in my family so give them a give them a phone call it'll, it'll probably be a financial win for you your family they'll cover as much as the medicare cost as possible discuss the best plan for you Brian Spencer uh, uh just an easy phone call away and a guy that i have trusted for a long long time 803-960-9484. Another one of those South Carolina businesses. Yes, he is a Gamecock fan. And yes, he will do you right. And he is not a very good looking man. As no, he's not a great looking guy. And you know, he doesn't have a lot of skills. He, yeah, you know, he can't play I, golf. He's, can't play yeah, golf. I had to leave the picture small just because I, I didn't want to embarrass him. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he, you know, you know, <laughs> he's one of these CrossFit guys, so he thinks like, you know. Oh, a tire he, flipper. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can only do so much with that mug. I mean, that's the, at the end of the day, you might be shredded, but, you know. You still got to answer f from what the neck up is. So he's he's not going to win a beauty pageant, but but he will help you out there with one simple phone call. Palmetto Medicare, Brian Spencer, a great Gamecock, 803-960-9484. Mike, have a wonderful weekend. Next week, practice will have already commenced. Can't wait to get into some of that. And we'll follow along with this realignment stuff because yeah. the deadline is coming for the ACC. Yeah, it is. Guys, always enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. There Thanks, you go. Mike. Power Hour with the great golden tones of Mike Morgan. Phil and JB, JC will join us here in just a little while. He is not taking the day off. We are not going to take a break either. We'll get it figured out here uh, in just a little bit. But Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show is due up next. He's got a show coming up, so we want to make sure we get him in and get his time. What's up, man? Uh, one day away. Media day is today over at the uh, Steve and Jerry Indoor Facility, Steve and Jerry Spurrier Indoor Facility, and uh, we'll see what, what little nuggets come out of that. But tomorrow morning at 920, we're less than 24 hours from Gamecock football getting officially underway. JB, Phil, good morning. First things first, appreciate you having me on, and congratulations to you guys for the launch of your new app, Chief Sports Network, making big moves, really exciting stuff. I've downloaded the app, and anybody who hasn't should do it. It's really, really awesome. So congrats to you guys again you. Uh, for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, football's here, man. I mean, we've been seeing all week long, you know, teams across the SEC are getting on the practice field, and, you know, there are signs that football is close. Obviously, we talk about SEC media days and the calendar flipping to August, but certainly – the team hitting the practice field is a damn good indicator that football is just around the corner. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys, because we're going to follow and try to read in between the lines and learn as much as we can from, from fall camp, if you will. And I think there's some things that you can take away. But, of course, the big thing is just stay healthy and get ready for North Carolina. So it's exciting times for sure, guys. And, uh, you know, we're truly in the football grind in the preseason, that's for sure. <laughs> Phil, I know you've joked about this plenty around here. This is the time of the year. <laughs> Uh, like uh, as of three years ago for a five-year period 
This is the time of the year when they would hit the practice fields and we would learn that that foot was actually like a snapped off leg or that <laughs> right. that that finger was actually severed. You know, it was like, oh, I, th- I thought you said he it was just like a bruise. No, it's actually torn. He's out for the rest of his life. That's fantastic. Right. Um <laughs> Okay, but hopefully that won't be a rear-ending injury. You're like, yeah, three weeks in, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, this this is this is the time of year you put Spencer Rattler in bubble wrap for the next four weeks. That's kind of what you <laughs> yeah. do. In, in this, yeah, that's exactly right, Chris. I I um, Mike Morgan just said something that I wholeheartedly agree with, and we've been hammering this around here for a while. I, I think South Carolina has a really, really, really dang good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything I've heard about him over the summer, you know, he didn't just go out gall- gallivanting around and G wagons and taking com- vacations and stuff. He worked his rear end off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did it with a bunch of the guys that are going to be playing with him. And that's where I'm going with this. I, I, I think they have a chance. This is kind of a, this state, the statement I'm going to make is a little uneducated because I have not necessarily done my homework on every program in the league to this point. But I said I I do believe that South Carolina has a legitimate case to have one of the best groups of playmakers in the league for Spencer Rattler to target this year. What say you? Yeah, JB, I think that's fair. I, I really do. When you look, Juice Wells is a good place to start. By the way, um, you know, I think for yeah. my money's worth. I mean, Malik Neighbors is a damn good one at LSU as well. But I, I think Juice Wells is the best returning wide receiver in the SEC. So you factor him in. You know, who steps up around him? I think Xavier Leggett showed real flashes at the end of last season. Obviously, if he can finally sort of, you know, live up to that potential. He doesn't have to be a 1,000-yard guy, but be a nice supporting cast piece to help out Juice. You then go to a guy like Eddie Lewis, who was really productive at Memphis. If he can just kind of copy that to South Carolina, he's going to be a good one for you. Omarion Brown became more involved at the end of last season as well. Nicholas Harbor, of course, a factor as a true freshman. Going to be really fun to watch his progression development. And, of course, hear about him during fall camp and just how he fits in. And then, you know, we're beginning guys on our show today to start talking about the tight end position. And, I mean, how could you not be excited the way they've flipped that room with Trey Knox as the headliner coming from Arkansas. And I think he's in a prime position for the breakout season of his career, being under Dowell Loggins, who was his position coach at Arkansas, who's now the OC, of course. And then Justin Stepp, who he's got a great relationship as well. And then, you know, Joshua Simon, a guy that the staff and local media and local folks have just raved about since he stepped foot on campus. And they got some other good ones in that room as well. So, you know, the thing with, you know, Spencer Rattler is going to need help. He's going to need those playmakers to make big plays for him. I talked about yesterday, you know, wide receivers making 50-50 catches. You know, the wide receivers being on point early in the season. We kind of saw that at times last year. Maybe some drops, maybe some tip balls that result in interceptions that weren't necessarily his fault, but it, it goes on his stat line, right? So, you know, I think, guys, something we're not talking about quite as much, I think year two for Spencer Rattler, just being on this game, Cox football team, having the camaraderie, having the chemistry, and also year two of SEC play, like he kind of – he knows what he's getting himself into now versus I'm sure last year – I mean, listen, the speed of the game was probably somewhat of a shock. I don't want to oversell it or overplay it, but, I mean, going from the Big 12 to the SEC, it's – it's night and day different what they do on defense versus the Big 12 and the SEC. So I think all those things help Spencer Rattler out. He's got a much greater grasp of, hey, these are things that I can do. I can I can make these plays doing this. Or maybe these are things that I got away with at Oklahoma that I, I learned last year 
I can't really get away with that here at South Carolina. I can't get away with that in the SEC because of the speed of the game, the athletes, the, the type of defenses I'm going up against. So, I mean, there's no doubt, guys, that, <clears throat> excuse me, with a simplified offensive attack with Dowell Loggins, with the lessons I think everyone across the board learned last year, I think Spencer Rattler is set up for his best season as a collegiate quarterback. I think for Rattler, guys, it's just all about raising the floor. And to your point, JB, I think he's got all the playmakers around him. Offensive line needs to protect him. Running backs and running game needs to support him. But if they do that, there's nothing stopping Spencer Rattler from, I think, being a top three or four at worst quarterback in the SEC. Uh, that's a great I point. Think, you know, yeah, this this second year he's going to have, and you, and you said it, Chris, is like the, the game will obviously slow down for him a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, because it is a lot different. There's a lot different defensive play in SEC football than there is in the Big 12. We all know that. Um, but, you know, my biggest concern heading into this is, and it directly relates to Spencer, is how quickly is, you know, are, you know, we going to be able to gel an offensive line? Because mm-hmm. we've got question marks going into that. The team is is, is something that has, you know, said they're trying different groups you know this that and the other um and you just got to hope you have it figured out by week three (laughs) at least good enough to compete at a level against what you know is going to be probably a top five defense in the nation i mean just based on talent alone we haven't seen anything yet but you know well you got a tough one coming that week (laughs) and to your point phil that's where i was going next too i'll read this quickly and let you respond here chris but dowell loggins uh i'm quoting this out of a new article by a a fine gentleman named john whittle with the bigspur.com who wrote this about the offensive line and this is literally a direct quote from coach loggins last week the offensive line will be as good as they go this year we have skill guys who can play we have uh, skill guys who will play at the next level. We have a really, really talented quarterback who will play at the next level, but we have to be able to protect him. Chris? Absolutely. I agree 110%. I mean, listen, it's a line of scrimmage league. You got to run the ball, stop the run. You got to protect your quarterback. And 31 sacks last year, finishing outside of the top 100 and rushing offense. I mean, it just wasn't good enough a season ago. And I, I liked what Mike Morgan said, by the way. I jumped on and heard some of what he was talking about that. It puts a lot more pressure on Spencer Rattler because you know, guys, even if the offensive line, let's just say it surprises, takes a step forward, there's still going to be ball games where South Carolina is not able to generate a run push. And Spencer Rattler's just going to have to ride the rise of the occasion and put this team on his right shoulder. So, I mean, the questions start up front for South Carolina. And I know it's not the flashiest thing to talk about, not the sexiest thing to discuss. And people want to talk Juice Wells and Rattler. But I mean, if you can't block people, it doesn't much matter. And you're not going to see the best version of Spencer Rattler. And then you're going to start to see Spencer Rattler, you know, be under pressure and panic and, and force the football and, you know, maybe make some bad decisions like we kind of saw last year. So, I mean, it starts up front, guys. I mean, I, you know, I'm very wait and see. I'm, I'm not I, – I will not be surprised if the offensive line isn't a little bit better than we're expecting because I think we're all expecting it to be so bad. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to believe that Lonnie Teasley, he took over last year in the offensive line, got much, much better. Give him credit. I mean, I, I know you didn't – put on a running clinic at Clemson, but you did enough to have some balance and enough to go win the football game. So just don't be awful. I know that's setting a low bar, but if that offensive line can just be average, if you can just finish inside of the top 100 rushing the football, give up less than 30 sacks, just give your offense a chance. South Carolina's got the quarterback. They've got the skill position players. 
but it's much easier said than done. I mean, you return about 50 less starts than last year. You lose Jalen Nichols, your best offensive lineman. And listen, I like Nick Gargiulo from Yale. I like Jackson Hughes from Charlotte. I like Nee Manziel from Mercer. But that's a big ask, asking these guys to slide in there and play elite football. I know they feel confident maybe there's some addition by subtraction there. Maybe some new blood guys spells new results for the offensive line. But when it comes to offensive success for South Carolina, at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show. It's 11.46 here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, we're going to get to Dylan Stewart in just a second, Chris, and get your reaction to that. But on the defensive side of the football, what is an early camp storyline in your mind? I'm fascinated to follow the Gamecocks linebacker position. I, I've, over the last couple of weeks, have just, and we'll talk linebackers on our show in about a week or two, but I, I'm really bullish on South Carolina's linebackers this year. And maybe it's because, you know, hearing Clayton White talk about it last week as well, if you read between the lines there, you could kind of tell that he was, he's fired about some of these new guys. But I look at the room, guys, and, you know, we need Mo Kaba to be 100% himself and, and not necessarily lose a whole step, maybe a half step. you got to keep realistic expectations coming off the injury. But while I don't think the room has that standout guy like a Sky Moore or a T.J. Brunson or Ernest Jones, I think top to bottom the room's better than it's been in quite a while. Uh, I think Pup Howard's got freshman All-SEC written all over him. Jerron Willis, the transfer you picked up out of Ole Miss, was a really sneaky good pickup, former four-star guy. I think Stone Blanton is primed to take a next step this year. Debo Williams is a nice veteran pace. Again, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to be the best linebacking core in the SEC by any means, but taking a step forward, right, is what I want to mm-hmm. see. And I'm actually really bullish on them and excited just to hear about the progression of that group. Uh, speaking on the Dylan Stewart news, I mean, guys, huge, absolutely huge. The, the DMV to South Carolina pipeline is real. Uh, that that was really, guys, I, I think the pickup because you could feel it. There was some there was some frustration and just more so impatience setting in in the fan base and. You know, I don't blame people, right? When you're seeing your rivals pick up four-star, five-star, whatever, you're like, dang, we're kind of missing out on the fun, it feels like. That was the one you needed to get, man. And, and, and locking down Dylan Stewart and, and get, getting him, you know, at a position of need, too. Of course, we talked to JC about this, that the class wasn't going to be a success if you didn't get guys at edge, running back, where you need to get some difference makers. So Dylan Stewart's a big pickup, guys, for many different reasons. I mean, of course, the perception of the program, landing a five-star and I don't care what anybody else says. I, I think Shane Beamer's doing things that have never really been done in recruiting at South Carolina, a place that's always recruited at a respectable level, but it really feels like with what Shane Beamer's doing in his first three years, especially these last two cycles, he's taken that thing to another level. Well, there's in the last two years, and this class isn't done, might I remind people, uh, certain people look for reactions on social media. I'll remind you, don't engage. Guys, Chris, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say it. Right. Um, In the last two or the 23 class, the 24 class, there are 12 top 200 prospects right now. Nobody's ever done that. There is a high chance that there's going to be more in this one. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't roll this ball off the table just yet either. There could be more than one five star in this class because I think there is a real possibility that Josiah Thompson Mm -hmm. eventually lands that fifth star. And, guys, I also wouldn't be shocked if Cam Pringle lands a fifth star, a high-quality source in that program thinks that they have recruited and will soon sign the two best tackles in the 24 class. That is a big statement from somebody, from the person that was telling me that, who knows what a tackle looks like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that would be huge, JB. And I mean, listen, we we talk about stars all the time. I mean, stars matter. They they just do, man. It, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, and you can say what you want. And just because you're a three star, it doesn't define a kid that hey, some of the greatest gamecocks in school history were three star guys. And there's high value in getting those guys developing. I mean, I'll never forget a conversation I had with you know Eric Kimry a couple of years ago when they were talking. Of, you know, he's just talking to me about you know identifying talent, developing guys. He brought up the name Nick Eamon Worry in the spring of 2021. He's like, yeah, we. We saw this kid. He came to our camp, and we just don't understand why he's not higher rated. I'd say that worked out pretty well. So being able to identify talent, develop talent, it matters. But, I mean, when you land a big-time five-star guy or these these high-caliber players and, you know, you're really trying to move up the ladder and be the fourth-best team in the – or fourth-best team in the SEC, challenge Georgia in the East, what have you, getting more of those guys – that's what's going to win. So, I mean, the fact they're making those kind of waves, and again, at a position of need, we're talking offensive line, you get the two best tackles, it's a pretty good place to start. Chris, we'll let you run on that note. What's on the show today? So, we've actually got David Nuno of Texags Radio kicking off the show. We're going to talk a little Texas A&M, obviously the South Carolina perspective, that game, uh, kind of a surprise combo. That was something that we just added last minute, but we'll get into South Carolina tight ends on the show, uh, breaking down that group, top storylines, and uh, most approve. And, you know, we'll take questions, comments, calls, all that good stuff. So, should be exciting, man. Again, we're in that preseason grind, and, uh, you know, I love it, man. It's it's football time. So, And for all the sickos out there, we got the little Hall of Fame game tonight, Jets and Browns. Who doesn't That's love right. that? Yeah. <laughs> Go Browns. It's, Go like an alco- it's like an alcoholic drinking shoeshine. It may not be the real thing, but it's just good <laughs> enough. <laughs> football's back and uh, college football begins in 23 days Gamecocks are now under a month away Chris Phillips the Spurs Up show appreciate it man have a wonderful weekend JB Phil y'all do the same and again congrats on the Chief Sports Network app, thank guys. You. big moves appreciate y'all thank you really Chris. appreciate it thank you though uh, appreciate that gotta hit a quick timeout. we are teed up by travelingcountryclub.com if you play golf you want to play it with them I promise you that travelingcountryclub.com inside the Gamecocks part of the Chief Sports Network We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garnet black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks! Everybody, you think they'll it's do the lights the at the Bank of America mm-hmm. Stadium for Carolina? No, oh, I don't know. They need to. probably not. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> they probably got their own color scheme up there for whatever reason. Speaking sure. of which, oh my goodness, did you see the redesign of the Carolina Panthers logo that basically turned them into Georgia State? Is what it looked like. Uh, no. <laughs> for me, I don't know. It was very reminiscent of the Georgia State logo. <laughs> is that real? I don't know. It, it looked to be. They're really? I don't know if it's just maybe I got trolled and, you know. Come on. I haven't seen anything internet. about it. Really? Where is it? No, it yeah. was all over X. <laughs> all over X. Yeah. I, all over uh, X. So let's see. Maybe it's not right. Carolina Panther redesign. You got to be. You got to be kidding me. I, I do know, know that you know they installed. Yeah, I, did. I got fooled by the internet. Maybe I don't know. We'll have to yeah. see. Yeah, I know they installed like strobe lights in uh, Bank of America Stadium. Like, uh, not not strobe lights, like lasers, like laser lights. Oh, but that's the next step right there. You know, <laughs> a laser show. At what point in time will it be less about football and more about whatever? You know, I don't know. Well, it's interesting. We got to add these things to the stadium experience because, you know, it's these big TVs we all have at home, the beers at home. It's a lot cheaper than it is at the stadium, you know, the comfort of your sofa. You're not crammed in. Like, think about being at Neyland, you know, (laughs) you're just sitting on top of the guy next to you who happens to be 350 pounds wearing a, you know, big orange. That's putting it overall. Yeah, I've I've been in that exact seat next to Mr. Yeah, right. yeah. Next, next, to, next to Mr. Big Orange, who was rubbing his arm armpit sweat all over me. I'm like, man, this guy, great. yeah. You know, one cheek on, one cheek off. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a tough day up there, Mr. Potato Fan, AJB or Phil. Any updates on the Carolina Rise rain check package? I know JC said they were out already, but you. Okay, uh, if you've not received that, I'll speak for JC on this. Send an email inside yeah, the Gamecocks know. at gmail.com. Um, or no, no, he should probably send it to Carolina Rise, right, Phil? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I can send it to Carolina Rise. You can definitely send it if you want to to inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll make, we'll make sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely make sure. But if you, uh, you can also, if you go to carolinariseMembers.com, you can fill out the contact us form or you can just email carolinariseLLC at gmail.com. So carolinariseLLC at gmail.com is probably going to be your easiest bet, but we'll make sure. We'll make sure that um, that it gets to them. Uh, 76 asks, uh, please answer my question. Your comments seem directed toward me for asking Chris a simple question about his own prediction. I was respectful. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, that wasn't at you, 76. That was about yeah, I, I social media. Of yeah, I have no idea what a 76. We, I, I talk to 7,000 people a day on here. I, I don't direct anything at anybody. If I am, I'll say your name. Um, but I, I don't know. I have no idea what no, that, yeah. you're talking about. So whatever I said had nothing to do with you. Put it that way. There was somebody else, uh, who that was decided, just a coincidental timing issue on, on, yeah, yeah. It was just happened to his question yeah. happened to be when you were talking about, you know, folks on social media who just need to stop. And, well, yeah, th there was take a beat. <laughs> there's somebody, and I know we're out of time here cause we got to go. Um, we got to go. We got Chase Belt coming up with Park Ave, but somebody who's decided that they would, you know, try to, you know, get out there and do what they do. It's what they do. You know, some people, it's all about them. You know, they, every time they tweet something, it's I, 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 I told you, I told you, I told you this, I told you that. I've won awards. You should listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, it's the same guy who's, you know, wants to compare Beamer and Muschamp's recruiting. Well, number one, this class isn't even over. Number two, the first year that Shane got here, he had a month and a half to recruit kids, so that doesn't matter. Uh, number three, there's a ton of other factors that go into these these commitment lists that we don't even have time to get into. And number four, Will Muschamp actually recruited pretty well to South Carolina. So, like, so what's your point? You know what I mean? It's just to get a rise out of people, and I know Chris yeah. had responded to him. I certainly am not going to do that. I don't engage with it, but and we're not no. going to say oh, his I, name. Yeah. I even know what you're talking about now. Yeah, that guy, please. Yeah. Guy's such a he, he's, he's just, I'm not gonna call names, but no, know, but, he's yeah. just he's all about him, you know. Yeah, Let me tell is. everybody what I know. You know, so <laughs> it is what it is. All right, we gotta go. <laughs> JC will be joining us here soon. We are built by the Barndo Co., the one of the nation's finest builders, the barndominiumco.com. If you're gonna build a house, you wanna build it with these guys. That's why they win awards. If you go to their website, even if you're not looking to build a house, listen to me. Go to the barndominiumco.com and look at the designs. They are so awesome. I got a guy that I just referred over to them as well, and he is like through the moon about what they're about to do on his property. So we really appreciate those guys. We appreciate all of you. Thanks to Chris and Mike for joining us in hour one. Chase Belt up next on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. 
Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Just as your State Farm agent combines, just as your State Farm agent combines, just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today.
All right. 12.06. Welcome back. Hour two inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. Part of the Chief Sports Network. We have been literally filled to the brim today. Mike Morgan with ESPN and uh, Chris Phillips joining us in hour one. But the guest we've all been waiting on has finally arrived. Chase Belt, the director of marketing for Park Avenues up in the upstate. And the guy who's part of our program, we've been waiting on him too, has finally showed up. He is Miss V. I was like, wow. I mean, you know, I mean, we've been looking around for an hour trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Chase, before we get to you, th- this is the important stuff, though. We looked uh, at the National Day calendar, and uh, it is National IPA Day. I'm not sure if you enjoy a, a nice cold IPA, but you, you may. And if you do, have at it. It's also National Watermelon Day. I enjoy that when you soak it in vodka. But for all the Clemson fans out there, this is a day that they celebrate. The football team, I know, celebrates this. They they have at least since that linebacker played for them a few years ago. It is National Grab Some Nuts Day. And so we know the Tigers in the upstate really look forward to this holiday every year on August the 3rd. So sorry to be inappropriate, but Chase, welcome to our program. How you doing? Thanks. Talking about She's pecans, like, I think. Oh, yeah, I was talking about pecans, <laughs> yeah. It's pecan. Pecans, pecans, pecans. Well, Chase, um, obviously a big week for Park Avenue last week, uh, just in turn and more things to come. The Nick Harbor Bo Jackson take. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that. That's uh, obviously yeah. out there for sale. I think Phil has the, uh, the picture up ready to show our audience. And, um, uh, just tell us how that all came about. Pretty, uh, yeah, dare yeah. I say, iconic type of photo. <laughs> yeah. So, like I mentioned last time, there's obviously so much opportunity with Nick being a dual athlete. So, we had a trading card opportunity come up, you could see through True Creative Sport. Um, and they wanted to do Nick's trading card, but they didn't have any pictures. Obviously, he hasn't played in a game at South Carolina yet, so there weren't any game photos. So we were thinking what's something creative we can do. And obviously the iconic Bo Jackson picture just kind of came to mind. And we were like, why don't we try to recreate it um, with track and football? So our original thought was actually to have, we took a bunch of photos and our original thought was to have the football in his hand. But then I was like, you know, while we're here, let's just snap some other pictures. I'll take the football and do more of the pose he was doing because Bo Jackson obviously had the baseball bat behind his back. And we ended up with this one, which was our favorite. And we've gotten so much traction on that. I think there are still some for sale. We have the link in our Twitter, but I can send it to whoever too. And everyone's been all over it. That's those are, is it only trading cards available for that? Or are there posters out for that too? There's only trading cards right now. I think we are actually planning to do some posters. Uh, We haven't printed them yet, but when they come available, we'll let you know for sure. That will. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm pretty sure there will be posters out there for you folks uh, out there. And I, I think you'll see this in some other spots, too. Uh, I don't think you've seen the last of this picture. But the, the trading cards are good if you want to get them unsigned. They're $10. All that, 50% of that money goes to Nick, which is pretty a pretty good deal, right? Because normally it's uh, it's about 30 and your agent gets 20 and then the car company gets 50 Would, would I be correct in saying that his deal is pretty good with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, that's the benefit of Park Avenue is we don't take any agent fees, so it all goes to Nick. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so you guys are working on that. 
anything else good going on uh, with South Carolina right now that you got kind of uh, cooking uh, in terms of, of NIL deals? Yeah. Um, how has the reception been since you've been plugged back in with the players? I saw uh, you celebrated. It was, it was your birthday with, with some players the other day and stuff. And uh, oh, how, how's that been going for you? It's been going good. Uh, we have actually a lot getting announced this month. Sarah Hamner on the women's tennis team has a big deal being announced with Free People Movement in a few weeks. And then a couple other things. I can't bring up the brands yet, but if everyone comes to the first home game, go to the Gamecock Walk. Something exciting is going to happen then. And then we've actually had a ton of influx of local, like Columbia, opportunities coming in. A lot of local brands, restaurants, businesses wanting to support. I guess the season's quickly approaching and people are like, I want to get on this now, which I advise anyone who's thinking about it to go ahead and reach out just because once the season starts, it's really hard to get things shot. So just this week, I've had like 10 local brands reach out wanting to figure out what they can do. So we're working on all of that. We have a bunch of proposals out right now and then a lot of exciting things to be announced soon. Jace, since we last had you on, um, which, how long has that been? Maybe a month? Has it been a month or less? It's been two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you had the, the Garnet Trust announcement with, um, you know, with, with Learfield Sports and the university. Um, and then I also think in the last couple of weeks, as we have gotten towards football season, you know, with practice beginning tomorrow, people have kind of really started to dial back in, right? Football's coming. Can you can, tell us about that? Yeah, people are excited, right? And, and I think with that excitement, they're also beginning to educate themselves even more so on the NIL front. Uh, just, just walk us back over the last couple of weeks as you've had SEC media days and all these things that have kind of gotten people into football mode. Have you... Have you seen an uptick, an uptick, I would call it maybe, on this in what you do and being able to get deals and things like that to their kind of the public's knowledge, businesses reaching out, wanting to partner up? Can you kind of give us any insight into that? Yeah, I think over the summer, it's definitely slower. People aren't thinking about football as much. I'm sure they're wanting it to come back, but they're not as hype. So over the last two weeks, like I was saying, a bunch of people have reached out. Um, we've had like a ton of local businesses, a bunch of national businesses wanting to figure out what they can do. So I think with football quickly approaching, everyone's trying to get on it as quickly as they can, um, which is great for us. It's kind of hard with scheduling because they actually start camp today. I think they report in 15 minutes at 1230, actually. And we'll be on lockdown for the next month, pretty much. So. I'm trying to get a bunch of things scheduled right now. That's actually what I was working on before this to knock it all out before the season actually starts. Um, so yeah, again, if anyone is wanting to get on it, please reach out now so we can figure it out before they get into game mode. The football players, uh, you just mentioned they're reporting media day is today um, over in the facility and then they'll, they'll be on the field tomorrow. Get, give us some background on on how you create their balance the, the they're essentially your clients and a lot of these guys will be doing this for the first time in their lives but not not just football but i mean every other sport as well they're they're signing deals nil is is new but now they have to figure out how to balance school and practice and games and film and girlfriend or you know whatever with business so where do you come in and how do you make this easier on them? Yeah, it's actually funny you say that. So one of the biggest things I try to do is if it's a production shoot, 
I try to make it as quickly and as seamless as possible. So for instance, the Bo Jackson shoot, those pictures, we probably took 100, took 10 minutes maybe. We literally, I grabbed him, we popped up, I brought the shoulder pads, we put it on him. We had the photographer snap pictures for 10 minutes straight and then let him go. So my whole goal is to make it really quick. You can make a shoot look like it took four hours when it took 30 minutes, if you know what you're doing. So again, I try to work with their schedule and I'll drive to Columbia, I'll pick them up wherever they are, taking them where we need to go, shoot as fast as we can and take them right back to where they need to be. Just to make sure, again, like you said, you don't wanna wear them out of marketing um, and make them feel like they have to schedule four hours out of their day to be able to do something. So working with good photographers and videographers that can shoot quickly and get it done and still make it look good is very important because again, they really don't have a ton of time, especially now that camp's starting. All of these things have to be done in an hour or less or else they can't participate. So just making sure those things happen really fast and I handle all of the logistics, only answers I need from them is basically yes or no if they're available at that time. And then, yeah, I pick them up, take them, we get it done and then I take them right back to wherever they need to go. It, what's it like working with college athletes, especially, you know what, I tell you what, we'll specifically at South Carolina, tell us about the athletes that you work with because these our fans in Columbia, all around the state, all around the country who are watching this, uh, that are South Carolina, they see these people on TV. They pull for them. They wear their jerseys. They're trying to support them with NIL, whatever it is, but they're not their next door neighbor. They don't know them. What do you right. know about the people you've worked with that put on the colors of the University of South Carolina? That's such a loaded question. Um, so many things. Uh, they're all very different. You know, there's some that are super responsive and very on top of their schedule, and there are some that are not. So you kind of get to know who is what and work around that. Um, sometimes I say you feel like a babysitter because you have to just stay on top of them all the time. Um, if they're the type that they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm free that day, but then someone else sends you their football schedule and you're like, wait, y'all, you're not free that day. And they're like, oh, well, I, didn't look, I didn't look at the schedule. And I'm like, well, okay. So, yeah. yeah, I always triple check. Even if they tell me they're free, I'll reach out to someone else and be like, hey, do y'all practice this day? And they're like, yeah, we do at 11 to 12. And I'm like, okay, that's what I thought. So I try to stay very on top of them, um, but they all really care about football. That's obviously their main priority, and I want it to stay that way. Um, so, again, I never want to get in the way of them. That's why I try to work around it the best I can. But, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, they're all so nice and they want to win and they're very excited about this season, which I am too. There's been so much hype. We actually posted some video today about it being 30 days out and I know they're excited. Um, we're all excited and I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think a lot of people are excited. Um, I want to ask you switching gears. Uh, South Carolina's women's basketball team is obviously one of the best in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, they recruit the best players. Uh, you know, not to sound like I kind of sound like Donald Trump here. They have the best players. They have the best coach. They have the best this. Nah, but they do. Seriously, I mean, Don Staley's an icon. How, how marketable? I, I know that, like a lot of times, if you're not into women's sports, you're just kind of into men's sports. You don't really understand that, like from a marketing standpoint. You know, there, there's there's companies that market to women just as much as men, and and women's sports. Uh, icons and, and great players can make just as much. I mean, they're just as marketable. 
How marketable do you think is uh, Dawn Staley's program and her team and, and some of the players you've seen come through? And you know, talk about some of your relationships you've built with them uh, during the past year and, uh, and kind of what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm sure this would be um, bought, but they're one of the most marketable, if not the most marketable athletes at the university, just because their history of winning and Don being such an icon. I think Don has like 200,000 followers on Twitter or something crazy. So people really look up to her, um, obviously in the basketball community, but I think just in the sports world in general. So we have brands reach out for them all the time. Obviously that's going to be, or needs to be a brand with a bigger budget, but we actually have a women's basketball shoe brand that just recently reached out. They want to donate 200 pairs of shoes to Don's foundation and then partner with the whole team and Don to create a new women's basketball shoe. So that's very exciting. And those girls, they're on a tight schedule. Let me tell you, Dawn keeps them busy. So when working with them, another thing, staying on top of their schedule and making sure I'd never interfere with their practice um, because they're winners. They're trying to stay on top of it. So I think they would be arguably the most marketable athletes at the university. And it's just different brands than you're used to working with. Again, we work with a lot of male athletes on the ESM side. Um, but all those other brands are trying to get into women's sports. So that creates a huge opportunity for the women's basketball team. We've actually already started working on their deals, which I know their season doesn't start till November, I believe, but things are already in the works for them to get huge team deals, this shoe deal, um, and a couple other things because everyone looks up to them. Wait, can you, okay. Go down that road for a second here, the shoe deal, because USC has a contract with Under Armour. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you mean a shoe deal? Like, describe what you're telling. Yeah, me. yeah. So, Under Armour with the school, they have to wear those during the game. So, any other like apparel, shoe brands that want to work with these athletes cannot be worn in a game, but they can be worn in social posting. Um, they could be worn like when they're shooting around. They just can't wear them when they're actually playing. So, there's a bunch of different ways around that to where athletes can still partner with brands that aren't the school sponsor. So let me ask you a question then, because you're the expert. Uh, Do you think that the future of college athletics will change uh, from that standpoint there? Shoes are a big brand, as we all know, in professional sports. That's that's one of the – if anybody's seen the movie Air, they'll know exactly what we're talking about here, right? Um, Do do you think that that could come to college athletics, especially where in lieu of a shoe deal that the school utilizes, at least in some sports that are highly visible, basketball – uh, in football, most notably here, that they could elect to maybe leave those off of the contract in some way, shape, or form down the road and allow athletes to sign their own deals with shoe companies, like to participate in? Yeah. Okay, I don't think that would happen. It's a hard question, I know. Yeah, I don't think that would happen just because for a brand to partner with each individual athlete would be – a lot of contracts and a lot of room for error. If someone accidentally got left off a contract or a brand didn't want to personally sign one person on a team, then I don't know what you would do. So I don't really see it going that way. I think it would probably say the way it is right now where off the court, off the field, you can partner with brands, but on the field, on the court, you are with the school and you're all uniform in the same brand. Okay, so Spitzer Rattler will wear Under Armour, but he can walk off the field and put on a pair of Nikes and take photos in them and, and be just fine. Yes, yes. It stands sir. today. Okay. Yeah. That's sweet. All right, how about Carolina Rise? 
How important is Carolina Rise with what you do? Extremely. Carolina Rise has been so helpful with amplifying media opportunities for us and also the athletes. You guys obviously have huge platforms to work off of. So we have a pretty exciting opportunity. We were talking to JC about this morning coming up soon in the media world that is unique. And then again, podcasting, Twitter, media is very important. I know people don't think of it that way. They think, oh, if an athlete's good, they're going to get drafted or they're going to be seen, but that's not necessarily true. If someone's name is out there all the time, people are going to recognize it more. So Carolina Rise has been huge in helping with the media component. And then again, just supporting us um, to continue doing what we're doing because we can't work with these athletes without that support. So Park Avenue wouldn't exist without them. So when you ask how important, it's basically our lifeline. To summarize this, as JC always says, if you can do it, do it, because if we go away, they go away. And that ain't Correct. that we don't nobody wants that. Right, Jason? Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and look, honestly, congrats to day. the fans out the fans out there that yeah, what a day. So <laughs> the fans out there that have that are members. I mean, you know, you fans out there that listen to the show, uh, just about all of you contribute in some way. You give what you can or your your membership level is what it is. Look at what you've done. You see that picture with both? See, you guys did that. Yay! You know, be happy, <laughs> um, and all that good stuff. Well, Chase, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's a big news lately, recently, didn't you? Uh, Craig sitting here in the chat box saying, "Congratulations, or in order." Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Thirty nine more Park Avenue. I was like, "Wait, what?" But yes, I did. on a personal level, congratulations. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you're engaged. I am. Congratulations. Congratulations. Put it br- put it closer. Let us see it. I, I didn't think we had to. That was nice. Oh, actually. wow. That is beautiful. <laughs> oh, that from here. That's, that is nice. Absolutely. Yeah, I, didn't mean that, I didn't mean that disrespectfully at all. I want no. Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Bill's throwing me under a bus here. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> Not at all. I got engaged about a year ago, so I I know it's uh, you kind of walk around happy for a little while, right? Yes, I'm trying to stay happy before I start planning and get stressed. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, hey, it's your wedding, do it how you want to do it, okay? Yeah, that's the the only advice you need. Uh, do you mind telling us how it happened? Were you surprised? Oh, very, yes, I'll make I'll make it a very quick story. Um, so my birthday, like you said, was last week. And I kind of thought that he was going to propose on my birthday and then it didn't happen. So I was like, okay, just don't get your hopes up anymore. It was kind of in a bad mood. And then we went to get drinks with some of our friends in town. And my mom texted me and was like, your birthday present just got delivered, uh, but it's on your back porch. Can you go put it inside? And I was like, I will after dinner. And Will was like, we need to go. It's supposed to rain. We should put it inside. And I was like, okay, whatever. So we left and went back to our house and he proposed on the back porch when I thought I was putting the package inside. Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of friends come in from all over the country. People flew in, people had hotel rooms. I was beyond sure. I was not expecting that. Um, so it was very exciting. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, he put, so you put that all together, man. That's awesome. That's a, that's yeah. a planner right there. Yeah. We just went and to the Chinese restaurant. So what? <laughs> Yeah, she <laughs> actually pulled – didn't she pull one out of those little fortune cookies, JC? Or no? Am I wrong about that? I'm just no, kidding. no, Jamie. She, <laughs> uh, 
Hey, it We're wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. Congratulations. And we'll try on, on, on all ends, not to, not to bother you too much as the, as the planning gets, uh, Oh, it's you're closer fine. and closer. I haven't yeah, even started. I'm planning to hire someone. So. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, Wonderful. Well, thanks stuff. for all you do. And uh, we'll be in touch, obviously. And uh, we'll make this uh, a pretty semi-regular thing. So you can keep us all updated on what's going on. Yeah. And uh, us uh, here, here live and also the Gamecock Nation at large. Because we, we have a lot of like people that listen afterward. And, of course, like, like we put the video on, on social media and stuff mm-hmm. like, like that. So, uh, it's our job to educate people about this stuff, and uh, you do a great job of educating us. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Thank you, Chase. Have Thanks, a wonderful Chase. weekend. Always. Bye, guys. There you go. Chase Belt, newly engaged Chase Belt, Director of Marketing with Park Avenue. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Lemmepaintsomething.com. Tristan, what's up, man? Uh, he- Shout out. He is, uh, they, they are just wonderful at what they do. If you're in Georgia or in South Carolina, they can paint it for you. Let me paint something.com. Everybody, you know how it works. Everybody always asks neighborhood Facebook pages. You ask your, 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 your cousin, you call your uncle. Hey man, you know, a good painter. We're telling you right now, a couple of painters, let me paint something.com. They're the best of the best and they're the best priced. Make sure you use them when you need to paint your neighbor's cat. All right, we will hit a timeout. JC's back, and we have no more guests today as well. Uh, we will get into some of the uh, recruiting stuff that we have not gotten into. And JC, it starts tomorrow, my man. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks show. Be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned, Gamecock operated. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks! Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, and of course, broadcast on the Chief Sports Network. Download the Chief app, it is in Apple App Store as well as Google, Google. Play. Just search for Chief Sports, will pop up. Hey, notifications. We send news out, breaking news. Jason so, hey. Morgan is now live. Man, man, we got it rolling. Here's Here's breaking news for you. Check this out. For the first time in probably the history of my life, something good happened from a customer service standpoint. All right? So last August, it was August 6th to be exact. I knew I was close, but I didn't realize how close I was. I went to Best Buy, and I bought a 65-inch television, and I bought one that was on sale. And this was after I had bought two Amazon Fire TVs that were shipped to me via Amazon that both arrived broken. And after I pretty much made the third guy I spoke to at Amazon crawl into a shell and disappear deep, deep into the Atlantic Ocean somewhere, like nobody wanted to help me. So I just let him have it. Well, so then I go to Amazon or go down to Best Buy. They give me this. I get a 65 inch and I bought an insignia. It was, I wasn't looking for anything, a $2,000 TV. I just needed a 65 inch to go in a room in my house that was going to work. Well, that 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 didn't work. Uh, they it, it worked for a while. I got lines on the screen. The picture started fading. I called them in April. They canceled my appointment. Never showed up. So I I called today, and they said, "Oh, you're three days before the end of the warranty. Good thing you called." I said, "Well, that's great. What do you think we should do about this?" And she goes, "Oh, well, here's your. Uh, we're going to upgrade your TV, and yep, and uh, so we'll have it delivered next Friday. They'll mount it. We'll take that one out of there. That TV is no longer available. So this one's worth X number of dollars, and you've just got an upgraded TV, sir. And we're going to send you a free Echo Dot." I said, "I'll be damned. I'm going to go break every freaking TV in this house." Yeah. Well, now, now, wait a second here. Good things are coming. So my day didn't start as bad as JC's. If I said what a day, what a good day is how I'd say. It wasn't bad. It's, every time I try to squeeze something in where I leave the house before the show, inevitably <laughs> something happens to where if I were at the house, I'd start the show completely on time. But because <laughs> I'm not at the house, and I'm trying to do two things at once that, that involve driving through traffic. It sets me behind. It's insane. 
Um, I would show the, 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 the listeners or the viewers my to-do list, but there's strategic, there's strategery on there. I don't want them to Can't like take a screenshot and yeah, read it. No, no, yeah. yeah. Man, e- every doing? day, guys, it fills talk up. Talk about a, message board fodder. That would be. It yeah, fills why would up you a do whole that? page. It's like Dow Login. Please give away the game plan. What the hell wrong with you? I wouldn't show anybody anything. <laughs> All Dow Login's plays are like one word anyway. Yeah, I think the John, only thing they won't be doing is the emoji. You know the emojis that the, the teams use the emojis. Like Clemson uses, oh, yeah. uses the emojis. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, what they do is they winky smiley face time. <laughs> yeah, they have they have four emojis up there, and, and then they'll have they'll have the signal. And like in other words, if they hold up seven, that means upper right hand corner of card three, yeah. something like that, yeah. and uh, and that's how it works. So, uh, yeah, Nola Cock on our message board. And I don't know if he actually did this or not, but he made message board geniuses last night because he was like, Something. "I sent Michael Oxley and Jay Sean Barham a dozen donuts each from Krispy Kreme." So maybe that sweet taste in their mouth is a thank you for pissing off Shane Beamer. Uh, Maybe that sweet taste in the mouth will get the bitter taste out of their mouth for getting their ass kicked in their backyard. (laughs) And so he made mess, not only made message for geniuses, uh, this loser from Maryland that's, and he's a loser because he's, he's completely full of non-factual accusations when it comes to Carolina. Uh, he, He tried to come after the collective. You know, uh, no, who is this? He, he's a he, he's a he's completely a loser. I don't. He's, he, I think he uses his real name. He may or may not be a writer. It's it's uh, Gregory or something like that. I don't. I don't even know. But but he he got after him too. He's like, I just can't believe these South Carolina people are scum. They're scum <laughs> sending Mike Loxley donuts. Meanwhile, you could probably flash forward to Maryland football office and Mike Loxley and Jay Sean are sitting there munching on a donut. They probably didn't even read who it was from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, donuts! Great, you know they don't care, but uh, and I doubt that even happened. But yeah, that so that was exciting yesterday. But um, anyway, yeah. So so every time my, my to do list is like ridiculous, and uh, you know I'm trying to get packed up and stuff for for good little going this weekend. And so every time, every time I yeah, I, I do it, I was like, I got I got 30 minutes, I can get there and back. Don't tempt fate, sir. Don't tempt fate. Well, anyway, on, I'm back. on the on the Gamecocks to do list is Jonathan Paler, who will be deciding tomorrow night at uh, at six o'clock. Of course, uh, major news earlier this week with Dylan Stewart, JC South Carolina still feels like they're they're right in the thick of it. Some some do, some don't. Um, I I did find, Phil, Phil Cornblue did speak to him. If you haven't read his quotes, I did I, find those interesting. I read the quotes like like it was South Carolina. But buyer beware <laughs> of that yeah. is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm probably going to switch my crystal ball to NC State and just, if I'm wrong, great. I was wrong about Mo Kaba too, uh, and nobody cared. So I, I just – there's just too much out there that makes me feel like the quotes – like like I think – I, I, I how do I do this without calling the kid a liar? Because if – if he ends up coming to Carolina, it's going to make it seem like I was not being truthful. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying he said he had his decision made, uh, you know, at, right after his official visit. 
That's not what he's told every other coach's staff that's in on. Okay. So there's some sort of dishonesty there. I don't think given his feedback, I don't think the the, well, yeah, but still, man. I mean, (laughs) I don't think that, you know, I I think that's a smokescreen to make people think he probably thinks he's being clever. And keep in mind, we live in a world where Dontavious Braswell last year released a top four that didn't have South Carolina in it. Yeah. And then committed to South Carolina. And thus pissing everyone in the state of Nebraska off. So um, this happens these days. They're kids. We have to keep that in mind. But uh, look, if I were not privy to what I know uh, or what I've been told, and I just read that update from Phil, which is an excellent in-depth interview. Yeah. Uh, by the way, kids that are trying to be really coy with their decision or that, that are really struggling with their decision, don't give in-depth interviews like that. They just don't they don't talk to anybody. So, I, you know, that screamed to me, like, because it didn't match up with what what's known internally that, you know, it's not happening. So I, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um. Maybe I won't if I if I get just a little smidgen of a positive feeling from anybody, um, I won't change my crystal ball. But uh, that's that's all that's all my massive to do list for today. Change crystal ball to Paler for Paler. But I, I I just I don't think South Carolina's getting him, and I, and I don't you know and and that sucks because they led the whole time and he's a great player. He's the missile, all that good stuff. Um, the NIL is involved with this. But uh, I'll be straight with you on, on this. It, it's not – if this NIL situation is going to cause him to go someplace else, that, you know, get you may be better off without him. I'm just saying it. It's not like some overwhelming different type of opportunity at NC State that maybe there is a South Carolina. I'll put it that way. But uh, it's uh, – so there you go with that. So that that's that. I don't feel good about it. I do feel good about Jalewis Solomon. Put in a Saturday. ball for him. Jalewis is the better prospect anyway. Uh, and I would say that if Paler was a lock for South Carolina, I, I think the more I look into Jalewis Solomon, the more I agree that, that he's a big-time player. You know, the fact that they've probably held off Auburn on this speaks volumes considering how hot Auburn is on the recruiting trail right now. Take you back to the Spurrier era, folks. How many kids from Georgia did Carolina beat Auburn on? Oh, none. probably none. Yeah. Yeah. None. And then uh, they had Byron Ison, offensive lineman, and he gets there, has the game cat ready to commit, and then stops, goes back. Four hours later, comes out, commits to Auburn. So Carolina's traditionally not beaten Auburn on a lot of Georgia kids head to head. So that would be tremendous. Uh, and then uh, Daniel Hill coming up the end of the month. The Gamecocks still feel good there and uh, all that. So I think that's it. But um, uh, anyway, can we take a break? I got a phone call coming in. Can we take a break? Final break? Yeah. We yeah, we'll hit our final timeout. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, hang tight inside the Gamecocks show. We'll be right back. Hello. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. 
Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Coming soon to a Williams Bryce Stadium near you. That's right. Won't be long. Won't be long. Don't be oh. long at all. Welcome Here back we inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and uh, powered by our friends. Here in the state of South Carolina, although their location is in the Low Country, Electric Bikes of Charleston, they serve literally everybody, and there's just not many folks finer than Michelle Wilkins. I actually, guys, am looking forward to this. I, I told myself when Coach Tanner told me to get the hell out of there, I couldn't play anymore. I told myself, you know, I'm done with working out. I've done nothing but work out my entire baseball career, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And uh, so I, I I didn't, you know, I, I was done. I have since reversed course because I went into electric bikes. And, of course, Charleston Fitness Equipment is attached. And I became attached to one of their rowers, which is like a Peloton, but it's a rower. And you can row any body of water in the world. There's like 4,500 different bikes. You could be on a lake in Switzerland. And so we're getting it. My wife and I, we are getting it and I'm looking forward to it. And that's going to be, I, I need to beef up my pecs anyways, because when my daughters get older, I'm going to have to beat some little kids rear end. And I want to make sure that dad doesn't get embarrassed. So I'm going to beef it up and, and take one of these little suckers out, make an example out of them. 
And that'll all be thanks to our friends at Electric Charleston. <laughs> Electricbikescharleston.com. <laughs> uh, thanks to a great Gamecock. Uh, Michelle, Michelle indirectly associated with a future assault <laughs> on <laughs> a potential suitor for JB's daughters. Man, the, so, la- hey, the last right. the last seven year old boy that went to the Bradford household, he never came home. Yeah, he did. If I were seven, I'd stay the hell away from there. Those two, they'd <laughs> be too much. I'd, I'd be worried, like, because one of them will do, be doing one thing and smiling, the other one will be in a bad mood, and yeah. then they switch. I've, I've noticed this, and then Daddy's got to pick one up, and then the other one's running around playing, playing happy. Uh oh, it's time to switch. The other one's happy, and it's like they compete. They're hilarious, uh, and you always feel good when you're around them. But if I were seven, I would, I would, I would just stare clear. Don't go yeah. to the Bradfords. I don't uh, think I'll play date. No, no, I'd cry. I'd tell my yeah. cried, suck my thumb, and tell my mom not to leave me. <laughs> suck my Those two, man, you, just, you can't, you, just, you know, you, you get along, you're playing with one with blocks. Other words, I'm going to come back, kick your blocks over. Dude. Steal your Legos, t- take your juice box. Yeah. yeah. And then, God forbid, they gang up on you. Wait, you wait till you wait. That'll happen, Jamie and I. Oh, yeah. That'll be, yeah. I've already got it. Strength. Yeah. I told, I told, I told Riley the other day. I had asked her to do something. She didn't do it. I said, Riley May, do it now. And she looked at me, and Hannah pipes up, Daddy, you don't talk to my sister like that. Yeah. Said, oh, you know what? Guess what? You're next, little girl. <laughs> You're knocking off. That's right. It looks like it's it's slipping just as well as I can hurt. They got their mother's attitude, man. Everybody walks around. I mean, mm. me and me and Capers. Capers is almost 16 years old and he can't really walk anymore. So I have to kind of walk him around when he goes to the bathroom. And I look at him all the time. I'm like, don't you die on me, boy. You're, the, you're my last hope. Don't you do it. Too much estrogen. Yeah, it it can house. be rough having daughters that take on their mother's personality, I can <laughs> yeah, assure you. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, back to recruiting since we only have 13 minutes. I'm sorry I got up. That was Carolina Rise-related, guys. Yeah, everybody thinks that you just- – <laughs> it wasn't, guys, y'all wasn't y'all speculate too much, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, y'all need to chill out. This isn't, that, it, this isn't Jerry Maguire or the War Room or everybody you know, chill oh, out. Oh, I got somebody's. Yeah, it's just uh, those types of calls when they come in, like when you've been waiting on the call back for three weeks, you got to take it right. <laughs> you yeah, you know, I don't trust voicemails. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, so uh, Bink has a question: the Elite Twenty Four defensive end that Carolina offered. I don't know. I mean, he's a four-star guy. He's Are you talking about like Booker a, Pickett? Booker Pickett, which is a great. Dude, I, I look. I'm not a big. I don't watch a lot of film, JC. I'm going to let you finish. He's the good. I watched his, and I thought, oh, whoa. Well, now wait a second here. I mean, wow, dude can play. What's kind of funny is you know Carolina, they kind of recruit sort of undersized DNs at times, and big linebackers. So I wonder if that's intentional, but. Uh, no, Booker Pickett needs to needs to fill out, but he's a lot like a kid that um name was kind of was built like he was going into senior year. Dakota Watson, yeah, uh, I think it was at Silver Bluff or South, one of the Aiken schools. Went to Shrine Bowl at two thirty, blew up. Everybody offered him, uh, including South Carolina, and Clemson. Ended up at Florida State, um, and was really good. Uh, Clint mentioned Vic Beasley, yeah. Probably a little similar to Vic. Remember, Vic was a wide receiver. 
just like Jordan Strong coming out. Clemson didn't know where Vic Beasley was going to play when they got it. They just took him. Uh, and so I like him. Uh, I think Florida is a great state that you can find big athletic guys like that that you can fill out, i.e. Gilbert Edmond, unfortunately, <laughs> who left and went back. But uh, – uh, it, it, seeing as how there is a big needed edge this year, that would be that I would I would definitely be all over him and take him if I'm the Gamecocks, uh, for sure. So we'll see what happens, and I, I think more guys will pop up like that too uh, in this class. I, I do expect them to be very active in the portal. Craiger says uh, Silver Bluff, so there we go um, on Dakota Watson. So that, that's who this kid reminds me of. But I I really like his film quite a bit. Had a uh, had a good day watching defensive ends uh, this week, a couple of days, because I watched Dylan Stewart again, too. So uh, it's got to be exciting um, kind of moving forward. But, yeah, I think uh, I think um, I think Carolina is, is in good shape down the stretch to, you know, at least land Hill and Solomon. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Pickett at all in the fall. But uh you know, you land one of the best players in the country that people are still talking about ranking number one. Uh, you go to Mississippi and beat Bama on a running back, and you hold off Auburn, uh, who has his brother on campus, by the way, for a four-star kid. And, and I don't give a flip what he's ranked on 24-7. I, I, you know, no offense to those guys. I just – I can't, for the life of me, understand wh- why he's not <laughs> higher, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a four-star composite, you know, and you beat Auburn, hold off Auburn on him. That kind of stuff, guys, South Carolina was recruited well in the past. That kind of stuff rarely happened. Now you're talking about, okay, well, because a lot of times you look into it, uh, and a lot of times who did you beat on a kid is a big sign. It's a bigger sign than who offered. It's a bigger sign than rating. Um, nothing beats measurables and data and film and all that, but, you know, you're sitting there and you sign three, four stars, but you beat East Carolina on two head to head. You know, it was down to you and East Carolina at the end, and they were the only other factor. Um, you know, or you sign a three star and you beat Charlotte on him, or you sign a three star and you beat, you know, Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee, all of whom wanted him on him. A lot of times that means that's a more quality guy, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of use that. I'd almost rather instead of a guy that had a lot of offers and then comes down to a, a so-so school and then your school, I would almost rather go get a guy that has no offers at all. <laughs> like, like that's staring FCS in the face because to, to take a, because you know, then somebody's put in the work to evaluate him and they're not just going, Oh yeah, a lot of offers. Let's offer too. You know, cause that's what happens early when kids collect offers. Uh, and that's what happened with King Joseph Edwards, as things stand right now. You know, a lot, all, a lot of teams threw their hat in the ring, but who's going to take him? <laughs> For those of you that have asked about King Joseph Edwards, and uh, be happy you listen to this show and get on thebigspur.com because uh, you get on game certain corners of Gamecock Twitter, they're still tweeting at the kid, doing the whole, bro, bro, you do what's best for you, bro. You'd be a star in Columbia, but bro, like like there is there is friend, you know, like mm-hmm. like, like personal friends. <laughs> I would give you some advice, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Exactly. Thanks, Eddie from Prosperity. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I mean, you know, it's you're the man. I'm sure this kid. <laughs> and then nobody's going to take this kid. I mean, you know, it's is Eddie still going to be there talking to him next year? Bro, you just got to go to JUCO, man, and get get swole. Because that and, and the and the dudes that that get on there and talk, they're either like grandfatherly like young man i just want to let you know that you're the you're the, you're the most high character young man and we need more young men like you around here and all this or are they they try to get down with the, the youth and it just said bro just go get swole and go to juco bro man we got your back breaking up nation's got your back bro beams man beams man they go he's gonna turn you into a star bro Start well my on, on, this is an interesting nugget, by the way, on all of this. If if Jonathan Paler commits to NC State, this will blow your mind. If Jonathan Paler commits to NC State, he will be the first top 250 prospect since 2021 to commit to the Wolfpack and just the fifth. I said fifth. Five. Since 2019, that's 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. That is six classes, boys and girls. That's you, you know, that's good and bad because if I'm looking at NC State, I'm like, you think, well, they don't recruit well. Well, they recruit well enough to win eight games every year. Well, they, they're, but, they're JC, they are best when they have a bunch of developed upperclassmen that has been I know, and a lot of them time. are from in state too a lot of them yeah, are from yeah. within the state yeah. uh, north carolina is is a deeper state than you think and i've got to go back and, and calculate some bust factors with highly rated guys from north carolina uh i've noticed a trend lately a lot of a lot of the three-star guys from north carolina that the, the leave or play for nc state of north carolina end up being many times better than the highly rated um North Carolina had those two backs they had in 2019 and 2020. Those uh, are just Poole. low three. Yeah, those are like low three star guys from North Carolina. Just well, Jordan Poole, according to 24 seven, was a four star top 100 guy. But um, who are you talking about? Which backs? I'm John Tay, John, 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 oh. John two Williams I'm in the wrong and class. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm in the wrong class. Yeah, yeah Williams sorry. and the other one, the the the, the 2020 dynamic duo. Um, yeah, they're both in the yeah. NFL, uh, and they, you know, they. I'll yeah. get you their names. Those were like just Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Mm. I mean, those guys. Uh, Michael Carter was a, a low three-star guy from so and so North Carolina. Javante Williams was a, a, a low three-star safety. Yeah, <laughs> and they were awesome. I mean, it turned out, turns out they were awesome, you know, <laughs> and so. It's uh, North Carolina, and I think that's why NC State's good. But I also think their lack of at least landing some blue chippers is why they they're in purgatory. I mean, they, they have a they have a high a higher floor than most programs because they do evaluate well, but a lower ceiling because they they just don't. There's just I mean, like last year down at Clemson, NC State had been the better team most of the year, right? But. Just couldn't get over the hump because the Tigers had way more talent and it showed. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's the thing with them. So, yeah, if they get Jonathan Paler, you know, hey, they also got Naheem Hines a few years ago because the Gamecocks screwed that up. So, this will be their their Naheem Hines. And, and Hines is still in the NFL, so good yeah. for them. But um, 
I'm well, not. And uh, it, it is recruiting. You've, you know, like on the flip side of this too. Like you, you look at Florida, and I was doing some research on this. We'll try to maybe dabble in some of this tomorrow. Florida has a great class right now, JC. But I'll tell you what part of their problem is down there. Billy Napier can't. Billy Napier cannot recruit the state of Florida to the Gators. If they're of the three schools that are down there, the Gators always will clean up Florida. Always. And Miami they should always clean up Miami, essentially. But they have of their 21 guys that are committed, and I'm, I'm referencing this in, to uh, go alongside your comment about NC State, how they, they find guys in the state of North Carolina that want to play for NC State. They develop them. They stay there for three and four years. They end up getting them to an 8-9 win season. Florida has like in the last couple of years, like a combined like eighteen kids on this from the state of Florida in their last two classes. Just eight of their twenty-one this year from Florida. That's a problem in Florida. Like you can't just sign kids from Maryland and Oklahoma and Texas and everywhere else. Like you have to sign Florida kids. That's why everybody comes into Florida to sign Florida kids, and the Gators can't sign them. And that's well, now, a problem for Billy Napier. And you, I've got a uh, better talent, worse football team than NC State. Just comparing I've the two got strategies. a uh, perfect uh, example. Uh, I'll take you back in time to the class of 2010. How about it? Uh, at the time, and this lasted well into the Alabama dynasty, guys. Well into the Alabama dynasty. This was the greatest class of all time. Urban Meyer, right? And they had some Florida kids for sure, but California, Georgia, Maryland, Alabama, Colorado, Connecticut, New York, PA. And and th- th- what they didn't check on was character <laughs> in this class. And uh, and they took a lot of hype guys, and, and there were so many guys that busted out. Uh, meanwhile, that same year, Jimbo, I think Jimbo got the job full-time. So he starts recruiting for FSU. FSU throws all their marbles into recruiting the state. They got LaMarcus Joyner. They got Christian Jones. They got Christian Green. They got Jeff Luck, you know, and they had not been they Kenny Shaw. They had been, and, you know, that class finished well behind Florida's class, which was the greatest of all time. This finished eight. So I remember the Gators laughing. <laughs> and Jimbo, what he did, he just stuck around South Georgia and Florida. And that team, by the time 2013 rolled around, played and won a national championship. And I think Florida was 4-8 in 2013. So mm-hmm. you, moral of the story is recruit Florida. Moral of the story is it's a proven fact that Miami's been in the ditch, in the dumpster, whatever. Yet the, who, no matter who the coach is, Mario Cristobal, Al Golden, uh, Randy Shannon for whatever reason, they love, 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 love to just go out of state and pretend like, you know, like they're Alabama. Uh, meanwhile, guys from their backyard that are worried at three stars are going to win a pseudo-national championship at UCF. Wow. That's what I was going to say. And I mean, I don't have any talent. So all the schools are always at their best. That's a little Little speech of the day. I'll never, I'll never forget Miami uh, offering and taking a commitment from a defensive back from Massachusetts. A defensive back, a corner. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Al, you could throw a pebble from your campus and hit three NFL defensive backs. Yeah, in, in the in the back of the head. 
<laughs> what do you do? You took a kid from Massachusetts. What, the, what do you take? Yeah. I, I'd i have to do more research, too, on, on Florida it, uh, to try to figure. I mean, everybody still thinks Florida is Florida, and maybe they will be again. Who knows? But they're not. The last 13 years, they've lost five or more games, seven of those 13. Yeah, none of those schools down there are what they used to be. None. No. And, and it's directly related, JB, to the fact that kids leave that state. Yeah. You don't, that they no longer, Steve Spurrier won the SEC how many years in a row? He never got the top upper, he got, he got like a third of the top third. And most yeah. of the time it was ranked toward the bottom. Yeah, it had enough to dominate. <laughs> you know, that's how much talent's in that state. But, uh-uh. I mean, like, you know, you go back to 2010, Florida State and Florida cleaned up. Uh, nine out of the top, ten, 10 out of the top of 12, 12 out of the top 13. And that set the stage for at least FSU. Now, Georgia, Georgia and Bama and Ohio State go down Ohio there and State. clean up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the best Ohio prospects State. there, are the top two in the state are going to Georgia and Ohio State. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's tough. That's That doesn't happen in this state, or it's very rare. Um, it doesn't happen in Alabama. It doesn't happen in Georgia. <laughs> Uh, if you're the top player in Georgia, you're probably going to Georgia. Um, maybe yeah, not it, next cycle. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe maybe South. Maybe South the Gamecocks do. Sometimes the Gamecocks do. JB. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This and the other. Well, we appreciate everybody for, of course, being here today. Thanks to the newly engaged and magnificent Chase Belt with Park Avenue Sports. They do a absolutely just a phenomenal job uh, for the University of South Carolina's athletics department. Thanks to this gentleman here in the blue, J.C. Schubert. Appreciate yes. Chase again for jumping in uh, or for jumping in and chopping it up with us. Always thanks to Mike Morgan and Power Hour and thanks to Chris Phils with the Spurs Up show as well. We'll lead off tomorrow with the great Phil Steele here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. And Wando's World is back at noon. Michael Flint, we will see if we can get some wine in him before he starts talking about the Gamecocks. Oh, you never know. Have a wonderful and thirsty Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. and from the Sinorama Studios, part of the Chief Sports Network.